Scripture readings this morning are from Proverbs and Romans. Romans being our text for this morning's sermon. But let's give our ears and our complete attention, our lives, to the Word of God. Proverbs 3, 1 through 10. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And then from the letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, and given to hospitality. Would you all pray with me? Lord, I desire of you that, that my words would not be mine, but that they would be yours, that by your Spirit, Lord, I could clearly communicate that which is, which is spoken this morning as from You. Um, and Lord, by that same grace, may we all receive from You that which You intend for us. And then, 
by that same grace, may we obey and bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) So, spiritual gifts. I thought since our Presbyterian pastor is away, right? Just kidding. (laughs) Seth knows this is what I'm teaching on. He's good. Um, I've actually been wanting to uh, share from this passage for a while. And those of you who were in my shepherding group um, prior to its current setup know that we kind of talked about this a little bit when we were in Peter. Um, So anyway... And, you know, my heart, like, all week long (laughs) has been to not try to cram too much into this one sermon. So if I do, you guys, I am sorry. Uh, (laughs) um, Because in many ways, this could be a four, five-part series. Um, So you guys are gracious. Bear with me. You want me to go make it long, John? Nope. No, no. Actually, I'm going to take my watch off. (laughs) Uh, When you guys start getting up and walking out, then I'll know. All right. So, what I want us to do is, I picked Romans 12 in particular because I want us to have a healthy discussion about spiritual gifts, and I don't want what uh, man has done, you know, in his flesh. In his own understanding, like we're told in Proverbs, not to lean on our own understanding. Uh, I don't want that to take away from us what God actually has for us regarding spiritual gifts. Okay? I feel like, in many ways, we can look at churches um, and we can say, you know, man, they're messing it up so bad that we need to run as far away from anything that has to do with spiritual gifts as possible, right? But that's just an overcorrection and still just just as an error um, as those who misuse and misinterpret passages on spiritual gifts in Scripture. So, I also thought that today being New Year's Eve, this would be an appropriate time for us to... Uh, be introspective, and that not by ourselves, that by being submissive to the Holy Spirit. You know, God, search me and show me. And and say, what could this new year have for me as a servant of Christ and as a servant of this body, right? This particular family that we all are a part of. And so... Um, there's that. There's much disagreement about spiritual gifts in the church, and I think that it really comes down to um, definitions and classifications, um, prioritizing importance thereof, especially in practice, and the mix of all three of those things. So, what I want to do is I want to begin by looking <clears throat> into this together the same way that I would 
if I were asked something like, what do you think of spiritual gifts? Okay. I would say, what do you mean? Because there needs to be a basis understanding of definitions, right, before we talk about anything. If, if you said to me, what do I think about spiritual gifts? There's so many things that I could say, so many different directions you're coming from, right? So let's establish things. Define spiritual gifts, please, is what I would say. Or if somebody said, hey, do you think that the gifts are for today? Again, I would say, definitions, please. Like, we, we got we to gotta have the same starting point here, don't we? Right? So for the sake of us getting on the same page, let's define things, okay? When I think of spiritual gifts, I try to step back from my experience in certain churches, as well as my experience um, under, uh, you know, different teachings that are in the church today regarding spiritual gifts. And I stepped back and I thought to myself, well, you know, um, Romans and Corinthians and perhaps Ephesians wouldn't even be my first go-to regarding this topic. Actually, James 1.17 would be, right? Every good. And every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation and no shadow due to change. I'm like, the only reason when I think of spiritual gifts that I would go to these lists in Scripture where people just cling on to them and be like, well, do you have the gift of tongues? Or do you have the gift of healings? Or The only reason that my mind would go there is because I allow my mind to go there because that's where man brings it, not God. I think we should have a very foundational thought process regarding spiritual gifts and then understand that there are subsets of gifts that God gives to the church so that we might serve each other and serve him. So spiritual gifts, I would go from James to I would go to Ephesians, right? Um, if we're not allow, if we do not allow ourselves to be confined by man's understanding, I would go from James to Ephesians. And Ephesians 1, 3, because I want us to think about, we are going to get to the gifts, but I want us to think about this first. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I mean, I think you could put the word gift in there interchangeably with blessing. Aren't all these things that James speaks of and that Paul says in Ephesians, aren't they technically spiritual gifts from God? And what many in different churches have done is when they hear the spiritual gifts, all they think of is, oh yeah, tongues and oh, my, my filling just turned to gold and you know we're going to bark in the spirit and I mean, people get crazy. You know, we should, the first thing we should do is think, wow, our God has granted us so many things in Christ. Blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And then just reading on in Ephesians chapter 1, you guys know this passage. We're not going to read it, but, and this isn't even exhaustive. These are just like the high points. Listen to this. Listen to these spiritual gifts. Chosen before the foundation for sanctification, predestined for adoption unto himself, 
redeemed by His blood, our trespasses forgiven, His grace lavished upon us, His will made known to us, predestined to obtain an inheritance in Him, purposed to be the praise of His glory, sealed with the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Now those are spiritual gifts, are they not? And from there, when we see that that's what James is talking about, not exhaustively, but that's the kind of attitude I feel we should have when it comes to thinking of these things, spiritual gifts. Because in my mind, when you think of it like that, and we are going to classify um, those three main passages in the New Testament that, um, that speak of these things, um, we will classify them. But in my mind, when we think of spiritual gifts, the, the, the members of the church at large that are messing this up shouldn't be the ones who control this conversation. They shouldn't be. Um, those who are in submission to God's revealed will and want to, want to learn and want to obey as He has determined should be those who lead this conversation. When we think of spiritual gifts, we think of James 1, we think of Ephesians 1 first as foundational, and then from here, we can see what the Scripture says what, regarding what most of the church today has mislabeled or misclassified. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, through Paul explicitly expressed a desire for clarity regarding how God works in and through His church for His purposes. So before we go to Romans 12, which was our passage, uh, because Romans 12 is, is how I want to encourage us when we leave today. We're going to leave being encouraged to obey Romans 12. But first, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians 12. So if you have your Bibles, would you please... Turn there. First Corinthians twelve. You know, I think um, sadly enough, one of the um, Contributors to the confusion in the church regarding spiritual gifts today is actually the way the Old King James reads in 12.1. Because if you guys would look, and I think it's the New King James too, I'm, I actually have the, the Holman in front of me, um, the CSB, and I'll read you what this translation says. But when Paul says, you know, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant or whatever he says in that translation. Gifts is italicized. It's not even meant to be there. And so I think most of the church over the years has read that and just assumed that everything henceforth is talking about spiritual gifts. And we can just throw everything, lump it into that thing. Spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. What Paul is really saying is concerning matters of spiritual things. He's not, he's not putting the label on it here in 1 Corinthians 12. He's just saying, 
You guys, regarding spiritual things, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be without knowledge. Do not lack in knowledge regarding matters of the Spirit or things pertaining to the Spirit or spiritual things. Okay? And then at that point, we're like, not lack. Have some understanding. Have some clarity. Go on, Paul. Please, go on. <laughs> right? So this is what the, the um, CSB says here in, in chapter 12, verse 1. About matters of the Spirit, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. Okay. He says, you know, I'll continue on. When you were pagans, you were led to dumb idols, being led astray. Therefore, I am informing you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, this passage here is so that we might have clarity, not confusion. Right? And so, in verses 4, 5, and 6... Paul offers his own classifications in order for us to not be ignorant regarding matters of the Spirit. Because remember, if we're used to reading the King or the New King, gifts is italicized in 12.1. And that was never intended. It's just spiritual things. When we continue on in the passage in Romans, I mean, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, here's the first classification. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. And gifts is used there. The word is charisma. Okay? And it's the same uh, word as is used for grace. It's the same word that Paul uses in Romans chapter 12. There are different graces. And when we get to Romans, we'll see that God has given grace to the church so that she might serve, well, amongst the members of the body as well as him, as well as this earth. So, there are different gifts, but the same spirit. In verse 5, there are different ministries. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong, but the word there is diakonia. Well, I didn't, that wasn't too bad, right? Um, like the diaconate or deacons, service, right? There's different ministries in verse 5, but the same Lord. And then in verse 6, there are different activities, but the same God is active in everyone and everything. And anergema is how you say the word for activities. That just means like operations or workings out, Okay. So, so far, we see that we don't want to be ignorant regarding things of the Spirit, right? And then he says in verses uh, 3 and 4, nobody can say um, by the Spirit of God that Jesus is cursed, and nobody can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then he gives us three different ways to think about these spiritual things of which we are not to be ignorant. We have gifts, we have ministries, um, and we have activities. And then in verse 7, Paul says, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person to produce what is beneficial. So, all of these things, from verses 4, 5, and 6, gifts, ministries, and activities, are all how the Holy Spirit manifests Himself to each one for the benefit of all. Okay? 
And we're not going to go down through this list, but I will just make a little side note. So this is where the contention lies. If someone were to ask you guys, do you believe that the gifts are for today? This list is what they're talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. Like, do you believe that there are gifts of healing? Do you believe that there's words of wisdom and words of knowledge and, and prophecies such as uh, foretelling the future? And do you believe that there's discerning of spirits and, and, you know, different tongues and interpretations of tongues? That's what they're talking about, right? And I will just simply say that it is different today than it was in the first century. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. But that's not what we're talking about today. And I will tell you that the biggest difference between this list in 1 Corinthians 12 and the list in Romans 12 is the 1 Corinthians 12 list of all the things that I just spoke of, uh, a word of wisdom through the Spirit, a word of knowledge or faith or so forth, those are things that the Holy Spirit, whether it was in the first century or today, doesn't matter, the Holy Spirit works as He wills through each one of us. And so it was never Paul's intention, no matter what time period we live in, for someone to read this and say, Aha, I have the gift of healing. Never. Never. Or I have the gift of faith. I have the spiritual gift of faith. I have the spiritual gift of the word of wisdom. I have the, no. All of these things on this list, how do I know that? <laughs> because at the end of the list, in verse 11, Paul says, but one and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each one as He wills. What an important distinction between this list and the list in Romans 12. It's an extremely important distinction. So here we have this list here in 1 Corinthians. And this is a list of the way the Holy Spirit operates or works through the church as he wills, right? And so, for the sake of this morning's sermon, we're not even talking about whether or not you're a cessationist. It doesn't matter. Because this is up to the Holy Spirit. So I'm trying to dispel anything that would be a hindrance to any of us when it comes to properly understanding, obeying God according to the Scriptures, regarding gifts of the Spirit. Okay? So, we have um, this list here in, 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 in 1 Cor 12. It, that's, this is the one that people mess up the most. And it's the one that's most wrongly referred to when it speaks about spiritual gifts. Again, I think it's just because of the mass usage of the King James and the New King James Version and the italicized gifts that were put in there from the interpreters. Right? And just like this desire to be in control. I mean, didn't the Corinthian church just mess up over and over and over regarding the usage of these things? Almost like they were trying to be in control themselves as opposed to letting the Holy Spirit work through each one of them as He wills. Okay. Paul clearly intends for the reader to see that the Holy Spirit manifests Himself through this list of activities according to his desires. The intentions of the activities here are motivated by the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to take a, just a quick second, and if you guys want to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, because just so you guys know, there's essentially um, three lists, and trust me, 
Um, sometimes people who are like list happy will, will go anywhere in Scripture they can and be like, oh, add that to the spiritual gift list. I mean, it gets kind of crazy. I don't know if you know, any of you guys have experience with that, but man, it gets crazy. All we need to do is watch TBN, right? Um, so there's three lists. There's the Romans 12 that we read for our scripture reading. There's the 1 Corinthians 12, which has the activities um, regarding the spiritual things that Paul talks about. And then there's Ephesians 4, which this is not a list of gifts either. Okay? But this is what people do. They put things in where they don't belong. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, Paul says here, And he, that is Jesus, personally gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and and teachers, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Okay. So people will wrongly say, like, let's make one big long list. And let's take the things listed in Romans and the things listed in Corinthians and these things listed in Ephesians and let's go other places too. Let's go to Exodus. Let's go here and there. And I have the gift of metallurgy. I mean, I'm sorry, but that people do that, okay? But that's, that, that is not what Scripture teaches. Now, it's, I would say coincidentally, but it's not a coincidence. It's very intentional. If you take the three lists in Romans, Corinthians, and Ephesians, and then you take what Paul taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that there are gifts, ministries, and activities... Well, it just so happens, I say that very sarcastically, that each one of those things falls into one of the classifications that Paul teaches us. In other words, Romans 12, which does use the word gifts, charisma, is what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verse 4, when he says um, there are different gifts. Okay, And then in verse 5, when he says there are different ministries, Ephesians 4, which is wrongly interpreted as spiritual gifts again, talks about those ministries, apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And 1 Corinthians 12, which we already read, talks about the activities, the things that we would say, you know, I don't believe in spiritual gifts for today anymore, right? Okay. So Paul classifies them. It's clear to me. Um, And so, like I said, our obedience... Um, has nothing to do with whether we're cessationists or not. Whether you think you can speak in tongues, you can't speak in tongues, it doesn't matter. Our obedience has to do with the actual list of spiritual gifts in Romans chapter 12. Okay? So, um, the working out of the gifts is for... um, Okay, I'm going to start over with what I was saying. So the intentions of the activities, this is 1 Corinthians 12... Those are motivated by the Holy Spirit. The placement into ministries, those are given by Christ, and that's from Ephesians 4. Here's ours. The working out of the gifts, I say that intentionally, specifically the gifts, that's for the obedience of the body, and specifically each member of the body. That's for each member of the body. 
So now, will you turn to our passage in Romans, please? Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul says here, For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly or soberly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Okay, so we see that what Paul is about to tell us and teach us applies to everyone. And when we approach it, we need to approach it with humility. We need to approach it recognizing that God is the one who orchestrates. God is the one who initiates. God is the one that places the members in his own body with specific and particular purpose. Okay? So I hope by this point, when we're going to get into the spiritual gifts here, nobody's thinking tongues. And nobody's thinking words of wisdom. And nobody's thinking faith. Okay, let's see what Paul has to say. Verse 4. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, um, so in God's perfect plan, he has set each member of the body just as and exactly where each one should be. So, We do not all have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. There's one body, Paul says. And even though it is comprised of individual members, God has never and God never will place a member outside of this one body body. Never. It's not, it's, you're, you're making up a new religion now, right? The intention of the body of Christ is to function as a body. And actually, if you can continue reading, you do this on your own later, you probably are familiar with the passage in Corinthians 12, how Paul goes into a much deeper, um, picture of, a physical body compared to the body of Christ and so forth. And if we were all an eye, then where would be the smelling? Or You know what I mean. If we were all a foot, then... <laughs> a foot, that's a word. I'll pick a different word. If we were all a hand, <laughs> then where would be the hearing? You know what I mean? And in God's perfect planning for His own ultimate glory, He has set each one of us in the body just as we should be, okay? And I was thinking as I was prepping too, it's like the really cool thing to think about this is, and I think we've had conversations, probably in elders' meetings or something, but like this includes Julia. This includes Alexa. This includes Ian and Emily and Molly. This includes all the covenant children, but you see what I'm saying? It's not just like, have you attained? Uh, Where's Calvin? You too, buddy. (laughs) It's, it's not just like, have you attained to this like, you know, level of spirituality where now you can become one who uses their spiritual gift like Paul teaches in Romans 12? 
That's not it. Are you a member of the body of Christ? You're expected to know your gift and use it. Know it and use it. Right? There are no fringe members that get like a, oh man, I think God messed up my gift. (laughs) Or, whew, man, like, I missed that one, huh? Like, I don't think I have one, but I'm not going to tell God because I don't really want to do anything. Right? No. Everyone has a purpose, a place, and a particular gift. So, no Lone Rangers here. Um, unless, unless you've got a new religion you're coming up with. And then that would fall under all the other ones as false. Verse 6, let's move on. Paul says here, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. And again, this is the word gift here, charisma. But I really like the idea, um, and I know it's like charisma, um, sorry. Wayne, you could probably say it correctly, right? Um, But like, charis is how we say grace um, in Scripture. See, it's the same idea. And so what Paul is trying to tell us, because there is a different word for gift in Scripture, um, I like to think of it as a special, particular grace that is given to be used. Grace to be used. So according to the grace given to us, we have different graces. See that? According to the charis that is given to us, we have different charismas. That's what it says in the Greek. And then Paul has this expectation that we would act according to the purpose that God has ordained. Think about Ephesians chapter 2. And this was referenced in our confession of faith. Think about how we were created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, right? And those good works that we should walk in are definitely, most assuredly, connected to this list here in Romans 12. Since we are inseparably connected in Christ to one another, and from Christ and for Christ with an exact purpose, Paul is going to say, now act according to that purpose. This is not Optional. Now, I think this is just a common fear in the flesh of man, right? When we hear things like, like we need a new Sunday school coordinator, or we need a new food pantry coordinator, or we need people to clean the church, or just to teach Sunday school, never mind coordinate, or forget teaching, just help. Right? We think to ourselves like, <laughs> right? You guys, you want to know what will just get that, don't look at me feeling away? An assurance in your gift and a heart to obey. That's it. I want to know what God has gifted me with because as we already know, there's no exceptions to this. Everyone has one. Every member of the body of Christ has one. And we're expected to use it. Paul could not be clearer in his expectation for each member of the body to use their gift. Let's see what he says. So continuing in verse 6, If prophecy 
use it according to the standard of faith. I will, I still, I will stop and make, uh, make a note right here. I don't think that this prophecy is speaking of the same as it is in 1 Corinthians 12. I think the 1 Corinthians 12 prophecy in that list of activities is speaking actually about foretelling. Okay? And that's by the Holy Spirit. That's not according to us. Nobody can say, I'm a prophet. You know, you want to know who's going to win the game this afternoon? Right? Nobody can say that. Okay? I think this particularly is speaking of foretelling the Word of God. Thus saith the Lord. If that is your gift, then do it in accordance to your faith. Okay? What about service? Well, if your gift is service, or let's, let's say, think of it like this, working with your hands, for lack of a better term, then serve. Okay? If it's teaching, then teach. Right? Continuing on, if, ex- if exhorting, then use your gift of exhorting in exhortation. You might say, why is he just being so repetitive and so simple here? And I'd say, thank God. Like, it's almost, um, it's almost not simple enough with the lack of understanding that is just rampant in the church regarding these things. Continuing on, if giving, then give with generosity. If leading, lead with diligence. If showing mercy, do so with cheerfulness. In other words, if this is your gift then do it. Now, these aren't lists of ministries. Okay? And these aren't, this isn't a list of activities. You know, like last week my gift was giving. Next week my gift is going to be showing mercy. And then, you know, maybe when I mature, um, I can have the, the spiritual gift of teaching. You guys know that's not the case. Now, I, I can't say dogmatically, although this is my conviction, I can't say that there's only one per person. But I think that's clearly what Paul is teaching. But if you think that you can have the discernment of a gift that God has given you and then add on to that, man, go for it. But one's enough for me. So I think the best way that I've heard this taught before regarding a distinction for understanding is these are motivational gifts given to the particular members of a body for them to use and obey so that the whole body might function as God desires her to. Okay? So we see here in this passage in Romans 12, I think it's the only appropriate passage to ask yourself, what is your gift? Because that's what Paul says. Because it's clear that God has given these to each member, and it's clear that they're not optional. If this is yours, then do it, Paul says. Do it for the good of your brethren. Do it unto the glory of God. And then we won't have to stress about other things if we start here. Ministries change, right? Right? The Holy Spirit works activities as He desires. That's not up to us. But the gifts here in Romans 12, well, if you continue on in Romans 
Paul actually says that the gifts, same word, charisma, and the callings of God are without repentance. These are not optional. What I would like us to do, every one of us, going forward into this new year, is to say, am I serving God according to the gift He's given me? If you don't know what that is, pray. Ask. Ask those you live with. Ask those you serve with. Try to know. Because if we neglect this commandment, then we are living in disobedience. But it's not just about us. Because my gift was given for Travis. And his for me. And Ed's for Rena's. And Scott's for Karen's. You guys see what I mean? This is a body thing. It's not just that we are disobeying and it's just between us and God, but there's one body, but we're all individually members of each other, you see? So when it comes to loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourselves, when it comes to going out into all the earth and preaching the gospel and baptizing, all the nations under the authority of Christ. Man, how can a disjointed, ignorant body do that and be successful as God desires? Now, don't get me wrong. Man, I've been a part of some disjointed, messed up places. I'm so thankful for us, you guys. I want us to just be better. Isn't that our whole lives? Aren't we continually being sanctified? Let's, by the grace of God by His mercy, be sanctified even more. Have Him use the gifts He's given us so that we might accomplish His purpose here in Wilmington as well as His purpose for our body, this local body, which is a part of the whole body of Christ and her mission in this world. You might ask, How can I know my gift? This spiritual gifts passage, this might be surprising, it's not disconnected from the two verses prior to it. You guys love my sarcasm, right? If we go back to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, let's read this in light of what Paul is teaching us following. Romans 12, verse 1, says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship or reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this age, this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For, by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should. Ah, Paul is explaining to the church how to practically 
present herself a living sacrifice on the altar of God by His mercies so that we might discern what His will is? If you don't know exactly what your gift is, start serving. Start serving in the name of Christ as you pray. As you block out the influences of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, as you block out our enemy, the God of this age, as you block out your old sin nature and allow your minds to be renewed because you're, you're in the Word of God. Right? Think of Psalm 1. But his delight is in the law of the Lord in which he meditates day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. The leaf will not wither and the fruit will come in its season. All that he does will prosper. Be that one. Your gift will become clear. If we don't prioritize it or if we just chalk it off as a ah, spiritual gifts, that's not a Presbyterian thing. That's only to our own shame and demise. So, I ask, because we are servants. I love you guys. I love this family. We love serving. God wants us to hone. God wants us to focus. It's not some haphazard gift giving. God doesn't throw gifts out like people do on a parade in the 4th of July. Oh, some candy. I mean, this is specific. Everyone gets a gift for a purpose. We should pray. We should pray for each other. And we should pray that we can please God with this in particular so that He might be glorified to the utmost. Amen? Let's stand and sing once more.